You are listening to Jesus is Better, a podcast series presented by Church on Mill, where we discover in a momentary trial the eternal truth that Jesus is better. Hi, Church on Mill. Thanks for tuning in. This is Jesus is Better, the podcast, where we uh, want to think about all the ways in which the fact that Jesus is better connects to everyday life. Today with me, I've got Eric Naylor. Hi, brother. Hey. Thank you for chatting with me. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. What, uh, Eric, are you uh, are you going to talk with us about today? I am talking with you guys about evangelism and hospitality. Awesome. So we're going to think about the way in which uh, trying to share the gospel with people intersects with the stuff of everyday life. So thrilled to have that conversation with you. Before we jump into it, um, maybe somebody listening doesn't know you very well. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm about 5'9". <laughs> That's not exactly what okay. I was looking for, but carry on if you'd like. Size um, 24 waist. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I got measured for a like a tux for a wedding, they did say I had a uh, uh, rare body type. So. <laughs> um. I thought you were going to say petite. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. You're the only staff member, I think, that gets as much um, skinny jokes as I do. So <laughs> I'm grateful for that. Um, so I've been at Church on Mill since uh, 2012 as a member and uh, our family I joined staff in 2015 uh, with the college ministry and have been there since. Um, And um, yeah, like people familiar with Church ML, I do stuff with Christian Challenge and Life Among the Nations. So that's like the two arms of our college ministry. I have a a huge, tremendous love for overseas missions and and thought my wife and I, Danny, were called to go overseas. We now have, um, but we weren't <laughs> at a, a little insurance business, and um, that's a whole other story. But since then, we've had four um, uh, little girls, and they are Evie, Zoe, Ty, and Shiloh, and they're all two years apart, mm. and seven, five, three, and one. And we just love Church on Mill and love the college students at ASU and the international students that we meet. Um, maybe... Yeah, I think that's good. So you went to you and Danny both went to ASU, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, we went in like 2006, 2007 ish. Okay. Um, boy, got through college in two years. <laughs> that's impressive. She's old and she started before me, but oh. I started in 2007. It did take me four years. <laughs> that's wonderful. So you guys have been invested in the area um, a long time. I've seen the Lord do a lot of neat things through you. So so thankful for. The, the friendship that we share and the opportunity to serve together. Mm. And uh, truly, uh, we were talking before we turned the podcast on, uh, Gracie and I with you, about uh, the fact that really there's not uh, not somebody uh, better uh, in the body that lives this out more to sit down and have this conversation. So grateful that um, there is an authentic living out of what we're going to be talking about today at your house. So really grateful for that. Um, what is evangelism, Eric? Mm, that's a great question. And I thought um, I was asking, just actually on the way over here, I was asking Zoe uh, what she thought evangelism and hospitality were. And she said, Hospital what? <laughs> <laughs> Hospital <laughs> what? I like that. But um, evangelism, 
Um, yeah, defining our terms matters a lot. I, I love the book that Nine Marks put out on um, evangelism. Max Stiles, he okay. says that evangelism is teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade. Mm, that's good. And so the four words, teaching, gospel, aim, persuade. Evangelism is teaching the gospel with the aim to persuade. And I think that simple sentence embodies a tremendous amount of biblical mm. truth. Mm. So mm. Awesome. That's very helpful. Uh, so whose responsibility is it to teach the gospel with an aim to persuade? <laughs> uh, every believer's. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, I love what you, Chuck, and the elders have helped our church, helped me to believe and that uh, evangelism isn't only a um, activity for paid professionals who go on stage for an hour on yeah. Sunday, but yeah. this is really the the life beat of every person who calls Jesus their Lord and Savior. Mm. So um, <laughs> for my little girls who it seems are, are showing more and more evidence every day that they really trust and follow the Lord, um, from them all the way to the oldest grandparents in our mm, congregation right. who are maybe in nursing homes and uh, don't get out as often, especially right now, yeah. is is all of our jobs. Amen. Well put, well put. Um, well, how would you define hospital what? Hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> that, that. <laughs> so one person I listened to before, like just preparing for this was Rosaria Butterfield. Okay. And She's fantastic. Yeah, I think I, I'm not a super emotional uh, dude, <laughs> but every other time I think I listen to her, I am brought almost to tears and sometimes mm. to tears. Um, so I would just encourage people to, um, like Church Time Out, you guys should be listening to this uh, sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, this is amazing that we have uh, we have eternity to spend <laughs> with her and all the other believers with the Lord, but. Um, one of the things that she says is that biblical hospitality uh, is, um, or let me back up. She says that fellowship is having your church friend over. Okay. And that's great. Okay. But fe- but hospitality is inviting the stranger in. Right. So fellowship, having other believers over, but hospitality is meeting the stranger and bringing them in. Yep. Helpful. I think um, probably there's a lot of confusion and conflation of those two things. So um, it's not that uh, either one is better than the other, but they're not the same thing. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's great. So what does um, inviting the stranger in or what does hospitality have to do with evangelism? How do those two things connect? Yeah, definitely different things. Um Maybe, maybe hospitality is a, a vehicle or a mode. It creates an environment in which evangelism can really uh, be uh, well-received. Yeah, yeah. Makes me think of, you know, your kids are still at the age where uh, your older two are in school and doing uh, show and tell. Mm. So um, if you're out on the street and you get a, a one-off conversation with somebody and you're able to present the gospel, that's great. That's That's evangelism. And... Um, I know quite a few people that have come to Christ through a one-off encounter with somebody they didn't know before. Um, 
But that's not the only way to do evangelism. It's probably not the normative way even. Uh, you're probably going to get more shots with people who you don't just tell, you also show. You, you bring into your home and um, they see your life. And that life builds an apologetic for the gospel. And then you're given opportunity to share. Um, so um, in that sense, I think evangelism and hospitality is not any different than the first grader who shares their life by bringing something from home and then they tell about it. And mm. uh, you're, you're showing the effect the gospel has had on your life, but then mm. you're adding words to it. And that's part of the design is that God would have us not only telling, but also showing. Mm. And the home is a great spot for that. So um, one of the big hangups, I think, is that people can feel like, well, uh, you made a joke about it, but I don't, I don't have nice dishes. I don't really know how to cook. Um, mm. I throw a piece of uh, salami on a piece of bread, and that's my lunch. Um, I, 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 and my house is not clean, and it's small. Um, and my roommate w might walk out without a shirt on. And, <laughs> you know, so uh, how does this work? Like, I don't feel super excited about having somebody <laughs> in my house. Does it have to be a big to-do? Uh, the short answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think, uh, man, when we, when we have somebody come over and, um, some of the initial thoughts of like, oh, what are we going to do? How clean is it? Man, th I think some of those things are, are telling of our hearts. And so if, if, if the goal is to welcome the stranger in, mm -hmm. um, in particular, welcome the vulnerable in, um, if our, if our heart immediately goes to um wait is the house clean enough mm -hmm. that if, if we just take a moment to sit in that that like instinct and, and think what what is that telling us about our heart because out of um our heart flows all of these words and actions right. and even ideas right and right right if when somebody comes over our first thought is oh we need to make the house clean then uh, perhaps that's coming from a really positive thing of like we want to be welcoming and this is sure. a, make make a nice environment sure. where, they, where they feel well received but it might come we want them to see us in a particular way mm. and uh, we want um, we've created a particular image that we want people mm. to think of us by yeah. Yeah. and so if there's dirty dishes in the sink if there's some toys still out if uh, laundry hasn't been done uh -huh. Um, that like, is that a, is that a okay for a stranger to be welcomed yeah. into yeah. or maybe, maybe not. And, <laughs> but is it okay for your personal image that you're trying right. to create? Is right. it okay? For, and so that's important things for us to think about. I think, um, there's surely a baseline of <laughs> there better <laughs> not be dog poop in the house. <laughs> okay. That's where the line is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's helpful. So, you know, uh, it, it might reveal I'm more concerned about what people think about me than I am at ministering to them. Yeah, which uh, which goes to evangelism as well. Yeah. Like when we are inviting people in, when we're trying to teach people about the gospel, are we even aiming to persuade them to believe in Christ? Or are we aiming to persuade them of something else mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. ourselves? Mm -hmm. Or we're hoping that something might happen in a particular way so that we could tell other people something about right. and so that's good 
man, so much of these uh, uh, things, like we find out in, in, in our faith, it is all related to our heart yeah. and our motivations. Yeah. And yeah. God is, is concerned most primarily about our hearts right. and That's our good. motivations. That's good, brother. Um, it seems to me like another issue is that um, we sometimes can think of our houses as like our little castles that mm. are... I'm going to I'm going to raise the drawbridge and I got the moat and <laughs> I'm going to this is my little place to to keep separate and safe from the big be, bad mean world. Mm. Um, is that an appropriate way to think about our homes? Mm. Are there any positive elements to that? Uh, that that you know there's a glimmer of truth there but mm. there's some things to be corrected or is that something we just got to get away from entirely? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think uh, if we... So so I've gone on mission trips with uh, a lot of people on just short-term trips. And okay. we end up going for two weeks yep. or six weeks. And um, we're there for a month or so and we're back. Uh, it's amazing when I go with... Uh, believers and we we go for these this short time period and we get a hotel we get like a little house that we're staying in mm-hmm. and we buy a bicycle but we know we're gonna end up leaving the bicycle mm. we're not even trying to sell the bicycle we're just gonna end up giving it to one of these friends that mm. we've made mm. um, the 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 way that we like hold on to the <clears throat> the materials that we get when we're on these short trips the uh, even the way that we think about our home and our time and uh, we talk about we're like kind of on a sprint we just are we're just running hard because we're pilgrims in this like where we've just shown up to this place and we're gonna do the job that God has commissioned us to do and we're going to leave mm-hmm. and uh, God's word makes it so clear that we are like like passing grass or flowers and and our lives are short yeah as, as we are these eternal beings that are going into eternity in heaven or into hell. And uh, this, this passing moment of this life here on earth, uh, we really are pilgrims and sojourners, and, and you have been given a place to live in a house. Mm-hmm. But that isn't going to be your final refuge. Mm-hmm. And it's not uh, primarily uh, a place that you're going to live in for the rest of your existence. And so this job and mission that we have is to steward every dollar and every place that we live mm. for God's glory yeah. and for the good of others. And, and, and when we start thinking of it in those terms, like, like friend, Church on Mill, uh, A.S. Houston, whoever, believer, we are, we're on a mission trip and it's not going to end this year, most likely, or in four weeks, but uh, until God finally brings us home, and none of the stuff, including the nice house that you have a mortgage on and you're putting nice furniture and none of these things you're taking, but God has given them to you to, to steward for his glory yeah. and in particular to show the lost that there is a way that they could be rescued from the wrath and sin that is, is upon them. Right, right. Like when, when we go and start thinking about our homes and our possessions that way, we begin to... Uh, so you like, yes, this is where we, I need to go home and sleep and get recharged for the next day. <laughs> sure, but it's, sure. it's so much more than that. Right. So I guess to answer in a shorter way to say, to answer your question, uh, 
yeah, I don't think it's it's a it's just like an idea. Our homes are a refuge. We just need a. There's a lot of great there, and we need to like like um, just tinker, reform a couple ideas. But we just need a whole different way of viewing our homes. Mm, that's great. I'm not sure I've ever heard you use the word tinkle. <laughs> I said I meant say tinker. Oh, maybe the maybe mask you... said tinkle. <laughs> <laughs> so. Or maybe I just thought tinkle. <laughs> um, so really helpful, brother. Thank you. So. Uh, let's let's try to make this practical. Um, how do you guys? You you got a full time job and four little kids, so um, that stretch of life is really really demanding. And um, how do you guys practically practice some of this? What does it look like? Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm answering so many of these questions. Chuck, you have two kids and a full-time job and are doing so much. And, and honestly, I, like you guys are, uh, you're so kind in, in saying that I, uh, am a great person for this podcast, but I, I feel personally that I struggle tremendously with evangelism mm. and hospitality. Mm. Uh, I see a lot of, uh, men and women in our church who, who do a really fantastic job at this. And there I are think some, you yeah. as one of those as well. So, mm. um, uh, I, if you don't mind, I'd be curious to hear like, what are some of the ways that you do this with, with your home? And, um, and I'd be happy to think through some of the ways that we do this as well. Well, the pandemic has been weird. Uh, yeah, there's been sure. stretches where, um, we didn't have anybody over, um, where it, it, you know, particularly early on when we didn't know, like when the groceries would get delivered and mm. Jill would be out spraying and every can with Lysol, <laughs> you know, when, when we didn't yet understand how the disease was actually spreading uh, the virus. So, um, you know, yeah, I just say we, we all should take a deep breath and be patient with each other right now. And um, hopefully by, you know, next summer, this most of us will have access to a vaccine and that'll be easier then. But notwithstanding this whole experience that we've been in, mm-hmm. um, I think um, some in my house are extroverts and like people around all the time. They're, the People aren't draining, they're energizing. And um, some of us in, in my house would be comfortable with from the moment I wake up, I'm with somebody until the moment I go to sleep and I don't have any single time in the day that's quiet and that would feel fun and happy. And for others, that that kind of picture is like pretty mortifying, <laughs> sounds pretty draining. And I don't think one of those responses or internal reactions to people is more godly than another. Mm. And so it's really important for me to be reminding myself of that, the the evangelism and hospitality isn't about extroversion and introversion it's not about a personality type mm-hmm. um, and so that's an important thing that i've i've had to learn over the years um, so um, i think gradually the extrovert has to learn um, this isn't about me just feeling happy because there's people around yeah and it's not about the introvert um feeling exhausted all the time mm-hmm. because there's not any recharging alone. Um, so in terms of, you know, practical, I think um, we've kind of reached the point in in our family where we just try to make sure any meal that we're going to sit down at together, there's enough food that if any of the four of us had somebody during the day we wanted to invite in, 
then mm. there's a place to sit. Uh, I think that would kind of be the, the staple is there's uh, we, we have an open chair at our dinner table and we don't eat dinner seven nights a week together, but we try to guard that time to the degree that it's pr practical. And then we end that meal with some kind of devotional usually. And so um, there's just an open slot there. It might be uh, one of the kids, somebody from school they've been interacting with. Uh, might be a guest who visited church last Sunday. Um, might be a neighbor. It might be so. Um, we just uh, Jill. Jill's now working full time, so she mm -hmm. hasn't done that in 16 years. She's <laughs> always had a part time job, so um, she's mm -hmm. always been really full in the home. But um, that's you know added another layer to this. But mm -hmm. she's great about throwing something in the crock pot mm -hmm. in the morning or the night before, and. That way at six o'clock when she gets home, it's not, we got to figure out what we're going to eat. So, um, she's really thoughtful about that. And, um, we uh, honestly have really grown to love, uh, having people around. Mm -hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be like they show up at six and they don't leave till 11. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be, Hey, come over for 45 minutes. Um, You've got from seven to seven forty-five. Great, we'll be wrapping up, and then mm. help help me throw the dishes in the dishwasher. And a lot of good conversations happen around that kind of thing. So that would be kind of, I think, the main way that we try to go about it. I remember earlier on in our marriage, it felt like inviting somebody over is like got to be done weeks ahead of time, and really 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 pretty formal and uh, we just don't i don't think we think about that at all like that anymore mm. it's just yeah we'll have we'll always have a little bit of extra food which requires some budgeting mm -hmm. decisions um but we'll always have a little bit extra and then when there's when there's more than that that's happening then of course that you know usually is a few days out mm -hmm. thinking through that and planning for it but um and then i, I think additionally um trying to trying to get out so uh get instead of sitting in front of the tv every night for hours on hours and hours um get outside so mm -hmm. walk um meet people that live near you get into conversations with them over time mm -hmm. that'll gain opportunities for hospitality that's, how about you anything you'd add to that no that's so great i <laughs> i have like even like more questions just like i want to ask you like how, how do you do particular things, this and that? Um, uh, but I, I maybe for me, like we um, often, <laughs> we, we don't often even have stuff in the crock pot beforehand. <laughs> we'll just go out and buy something. <laughs> like We'll just like go get more sure, for, sure. for the people sure. who are coming. And um, uh, I think hospitality as it's spoken about in the Bible, it is letting the stranger in, and, and we see it's the particularly the vulnerable. And so the people that that are these strangers, they're the poor, and they're the orphan, and they're the widow. Mm -hmm. They're the, the sojourner or the foreigner, mm -hmm. the person who's not from this mm -hmm. land. Yeah. And um, when you think of... Uh, Perhaps one of the most famous uh, parables in Luke 10, the Good Samaritan, and, and Jesus is talking about uh, 
is answering the question, who is my neighbor? <laughs> and it's this vulnerable yeah. foreigner who's hurt on the side of the road. Yeah. Uh, so much of life or so much of hospitality is not going to be far out planned, <laughs> but it's going to be uh, inconvenient. Right. And, and it's going to be uh, a sacrifice that you make as, as you think about this good Samaritan and, and all the things that he does uh, for... Um, for the hurt mm-hmm. man on the side of the road. Right. Um, so the the things that we do, um, they do uh, like invade and into our our uh, personal uh, comfort and um, uh, refuge that we've set up, yeah. and, and they, they change our plans tremendously. Sure. sure. And and like you just said, they cost extra because we're preparing more food for right. our people. Right. And so. Uh, Hospitality is something that that is not uh, just like a. In some ways, it's so simple, but in other ways, it's like it's tremendously like uh, um, complicated or burdensome. Even like thinking about how do would we care for an orphan? Mm. Um, thinking through like foster care. Sure. That's not a, a. It's a simple thing to to say, but it's a complicated thing to do. Sure. Or a homeless person. Yeah. If we see homeless people here in Tempe all around mm-hmm. and on a cold night it's a simple thing to say we should go to meet the stranger and welcome them in but it's a little more complicated to think what would it look like to have them come and sleep at your home tonight right and I have my wife and four little girls right. who sleep with in within our ho- household and we have a roommate as well yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, <clears throat> I guess I would just first say it, it's um, it's a uh, we have to just know that we're, we're, we are making some sacrifices um, as we do this. And I guess I haven't answered the question at all. How do we do this practically? Um, uh, well, you've given us some big concepts that we need to be chewing on. And um, I think that that begins to get the conversation headed towards what would that practically look like? Mm. Because we begin to have the categories in our heads. So um, I actually think that's really uh, spot on, really helpful. Um, but it, it, it can start with something as simple as saying, we're going to dedicate Friday nights mm. to trying to have somebody over. Yeah. And that's what, that we don't have to start with, um, we're going to have somebody move in with us. Right. You right. can start with, let's have somebody over on Fridays. Absolutely. And that just becomes the pattern of what we do. Yeah. Um, and that's not less spiritual. Mm-hmm. You, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, it can be, it can be something as simple as that. Uh, we, for, um, D- Jill was initiated this. I, I didn't, frankly, I don't think I would have even thought about it. Um, we've had a lot of the kids teachers over for dinner over the years. Mm. I'm shocked that they would come. My, um, my parents would not have been able to get any of my teachers to come over for dinner. <laughs> so it says something about my, my kids. Uh, they're more like their mother than their father. Um, but We've had really great conversations mm. with our kids' public school teachers, mm-hmm. and they've been able to hear us pray before we eat, and it doesn't turn into a you know a full scale gospel presentation. I don't preach at them, right, um, right, but, right? But they have been. If we get back to that show and tell, they've been watching our kids, and um, they're uh, amazing children by God's grace, and uh, they get a little bit of tell in that we pray around the meal. And then we just try to bless them and thank them. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, those were, a lot of those are on, we've said, we're going to give a Friday night to that. Um, mm-hmm. 
and that would be a, a category of person that we would try to invite in. Yeah. Uh, so that's been fun. Um, Eric, what do you think? Um, I I can imagine that some people listening to, the, to this like have a legitimate feeling of my life is already like I I can't hardly handle myself. Everything mm-hmm. I already have has me at my my cup is overflowing. Mm-hmm. The idea of adding, um, welcoming somebody into my personal space just feels like too much. Uh, what would you say? Mm. Yeah. Like if a brother or sister from church I'm is listening to this and says that, and they're thinking that right now, I just say, um, I, I can resonate with that feeling and feeling burdened and overwhelmed and exhausted. And uh, if we try and then go share the gospel or welcome the stranger in out of our own strength, mm-hmm. well, you are going to get more exhausted and more burdened right. and and, um, and really just burnt out and, and beat down. And um, uh, God's word makes it so clear for us what we believers are to do. Like, w- the world will know that we are disciples of Jesus by the way that we show his love. Hmm. And uh, we're called to make disciples and we're called to uh, uh, bring about justice and, and, uh, and love the stranger. And um, this is not like Eric saying these things, but the creator of the universe, the God who is sovereign over all things and the one who has defeated sin and death and, and rescued us. And so he is saying that this is what is good for us. Mm. And so when we say, but God, I, I feel too tired to do these things. And he says that he, his, his burden is light and, and his, uh, he brings comfort to the weary. Mm. Um, and, and we can trust mm. him mm. And, and he has particular things that he, he calls us to do. Um, I think that we should lean into that. Mm. Um, I think Christian maturity, growing up in the faith, is not so much the amount of things that you know, but but it's more so the the distance of, of the gap between what you know and what you're actually doing. Like that's what Christian maturity is: is when that gap and that distance becomes smaller and smaller and smaller, and it's not knowing uh, necessarily lots of things especially if, if those things aren't actually being practiced and lived out like, mm. that's what christian maturity is is, mm. is actually doing the things that you that the bible says and that we believe and yeah. and and for the person who, who's feeling overwhelmed uh i think that when we become a believer particularly for us here in america in this western culture we're very inward focused on ourselves but immediately as you become a believer, you're welcomed into the whole family of God and into a, a local church and this, this local family. And so now you are being told as, as burdensome and as exhausting and overwhelming as it sounds to have a fellow uh, church member over into your home, this is good for you. Mm. And opening a little bit of your life to, for them to see some of your struggles and your sins and your worries. Mm-hmm. And that seems vulnerable. And it is. God's saying, that's actually good for you. Mm-hmm. And, and trust me, because I'm the, the Lord who saved you and is going to bring you home. 
And uh, for the person who, who hasn't even done that, I just say trust God's word and, and invite, practice fellowship, which God commands us to do, and yeah. invite the church member over. Yeah. And then for the church member who's like, I feel like I'm starting to do this, but I feel too overwhelmed to invite the stranger in. Right. Like, go back to God's word and trust him as he says, this is this is going to mature you mm-hmm. and grow you, and it will actually bring you life and rest and all kinds of blessings that you never would have expected. And you don't have to do it every single day. But like you just said, like on a Friday, uh, invite somebody in. Um, plan for that. Pray for that. And yeah. um, I know uh, a question that like Danny and I have like thought about is as we are interacting with people from all kinds of different worldviews and some rough, crazy backgrounds. Sure, sure. Um, is this going to, um, the way Rosaria puts it, is this going to pollute our children hmm. if we're around people who have such radically different worldviews and, and morals hmm. and beliefs than ours? Hmm. And uh, in my experience... Um, and, and listening to Rosaria and, and um, thinking about uh, uh, God's word and what it has says as we raise up our children uh, in the faith and, and then as they are interacting with this lost world yeah. and broken world, um, we can trust that God is still, he, his truth and his, his faithfulness is going to shine brighter and hold our children as they interact with us. That's good, brother. And, yeah. and we don't have to be so afraid about them being polluted. If, if What if we have our lesbian neighbors over? That's not going to ruin your child. Right. It, it's actually going to more, more than likely help them and realize long term through their life that, man, my parents loved the, the uh, LGBT or the, um, the person who is uh, struggling with drugs, the mm-hmm. person who... who uh, has made like a financial ruin of their life and, yeah. and they're like loving them. Right. And and perhaps if one day uh, I like think of our girls like that they struggled with any of those things and, and fell, ran deep into those sins that they might see like our parents are <laughs> safe people, loving mm. people that we could come and talk to because we've seen them do that their whole life. Right, right. Uh, yeah. And it, it does put... Um... You know, a great danger in a church where uh, the Bible is held high and doctrine matters is that we become arrogant and pharisaical. Mm. And hospitality is a great deterrent to that. Um, so it, it's actually for, for our own good that we welcome people in. It's not as though we're just giving. No, we're, we're being protected and guarded against thinking that we're all that. Mm. And um, hospitality does that to us. And that's one of the really beautiful things about it. Um, I think the only thing I would add, brother, to what you said is um, think n- not mainly, oh, I got to add another thing. Mm. Think I'm just going to add a person to what I'm already doing. Yeah. And that, that changes the way you look at it. Um, mm. It makes it not feel so overwhelming. And some people, um, by God's grace, the way they're wired, they'll be able to have a five day a week kind of mm-hmm. practice others it's going to be one and one isn't necessarily more mature than the other we, we, we've got different bandwidths we've got we've been allotted a measure of faith we have different spiritual gifts yeah. um, so that's totally fine but just get started in it in some way shape or form it can even be 
noticing, okay, when I walk from my apartment to my car, um, I can do that in such a way that m m I have tunnel vision and I'm only thinking about my list for that day and I'm in a hurry. Mm -hmm. um, or I can leave a little bit of margin mm. and I can walk slower and look around and I can stop and say hi to somebody when I see them. That's the beginnings of hospitality. And um, a, a lot of it is just looking at what you're already doing through the lens of, uh, I'm an ambassador today who might God use me to bless and serve and help. Mm. And uh, you and Danny just do that so well. Thank you for that. It's really wonderful to watch. Um, Eric, I wonder if we could close with, you may need to change the name or something like that, but is, is there a particular instance or story or example of some, uh, some way you've seen some of this worked out that would be an encouragement to people? Hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah. I'm trying to think of what would be like a helpful story to maybe wrap this up. Um, the first, the first story that came to mind is just that, uh, my parents adopted me. Hmm. So I personally went from, as believers, we all have gone from spiritually orphans to being welcomed into the the creator of the universe's family. Like, that should, like, move us to so much emotion. Um, but personally, I've been adopted into a family from an orphan mm -hmm. to, into a, a, a wonderful home. Um, but... Uh, maybe an, another example would just like a, maybe more of a story was um, this past Thanksgiving had um, uh, some talked to some church members about international students coming over in the middle of a pandemic okay. and and where people are being very considerate of like uh, social distancing yeah. and, and all kinds of things. And this wonderful family who um, I think would both the husband and wife would, would say that they're introverts, uh, were excited and, and, uh, did quite a few things to make it possible for this, uh, brand new Indian student who mm. I just met a week before. She'd been in America for like 10 days wow. and, uh, she, uh, had the courage to show up at something, um, that her, her friend brought her to. Wow. And I met her, I talked to her for 10 or 15 minutes mm -hmm. and she, um, from that, uh, wondered was there anything happening for thanksgiving okay and um the plans that we had were already uh full with other students sure. and other people sure. and um during this pandemic not trying to fill it out too many more yeah. people and i i put out and asked to some church members and uh this couple um just welcomed her in mm -hmm. and went and picked her up and drove her back mm -hmm. um, and had a meal and spent several hours with her wow. just getting to know her, wow. uh, showing hospitality. And and I don't know of all of the things that they talked about, um, how much of the gospel was shared. Mm -hmm. um, but whether or not uh, the explicit uh, cross and resurrection of Christ was shared, this, this uh, master student at ASU um, got to experience um, Christian hospitality and uh, that relationship, my guess will, for the rest of her time here in Arizona is going to mark her time right, here. Right, right. And uh, it, it sets the table <laughs> for so many opportunities for them to welcome her back. And and thinking of some of the sacrifice that the, this introvert couple mm -hmm. took on, mm -hmm. that they were going to 
go first their time to go drive and do all these things and then prepare another meal and do all these things and the health risks during this pandemic that a stranger that they had never met sure is um is just not that they willed up so much of their own energy but they're living out and trusting the gospel that and, and the the truths that god has told us in his word and um an amazing thing afterwards the this indian woman just said she was so grateful and she's just so happy that she met me and, and connected her with wow. this family wow. and like so overly like like grateful mm-hmm. and like i did almost nothing mm-hmm. and and she's so appreciative to this couple and then this couple this past sunday was just telling me how that they just like marked their whole thanksgiving mm-hmm. and how blessed they were yeah. and thank you that you made this connection yeah. and just like for I had to like get away from the conversation because they were just telling me more and more and more about how blessed they were Amen. by it. And um, uh, I just want to m- encourage uh, believers that um, as we share the gospel, evangelize, as we welcome the stranger in hospitality, uh, it, it may and it does at times feel like, oh, how can I add this to our week? Um, how can I let this like this is going to be inconvenient or this changes my plans? But it is such a it is such a blessing. Amen. Great word. Great example. Thank you for sharing that. And those kind of opportunities are just abound in in our church, given the kind of ministries we have. So praise God for that. Um, brothers and sisters, we'd love to hear how you this is working out in your experience. So after you listen and begin wor- working at it, or you, maybe you already are, drop us an email. We'd love to hear uh, how the Lord is working through evangelism and hospitality. Eric, thanks, brother. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jesus is Better. For more info, visit us at www.churchonmill.org. That's churchonmill.org.